Hello, and thanks for joining us. My name is Dave, and I want to welcome you to our service. If this is your first time, whether in person or online, let us know by sending us a message online or by filling out the Connect card in the seat back in front of you. Now sit tight as our service will begin shortly. Happy 4th of July, everybody. Yeah. Are you ready to eat till you can't eat no more? You ready to blow stuff up? You ready just to get together and have fun and just enjoy the day? Aren't you glad for the 4th of July? Aren't you glad for any holiday? Come on. You get off work. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. I, I'm happy for the 4th of July. We have family in town, and it's just so good to... Good, so good to be with family, and uh, we don't get together often enough, and times like this, when we do get together, it's, uh, it's really special. And so all of my family sitting down on the front row, just raise your hands so everybody can see your hands. Let everybody, let everybody see the back of your hands, because they've been looking at the back of your heads all morning. So, uh, so it's great to, great to have family in. Great to have Barb and Terry back with us. Where are you? God bless you. Great to have, great to have spiritual family back. Amen. Well, we're going we're gonna to get into the word this morning. We are going to conclude our series on Samson. How many of you have been here for the series on Samson? Let me see your hand. How many of you have learned a lot from the series on Samson? Uh, I, I don't know. I, I, I think every time Pastor John preaches and brings a series, it's like the best series I've ever heard in my life. Right? Uh, I, I tell people all over the world, I mean, all over the United States, whenever they, they say, so how's the church going? I say, man, the church is going great. Say, so how's your son doing? I say, man, he, he is a much better preacher than I am. And I said, I say, man, if, if, if I would have known that that was going to happen, uh, I'd have turned the church over to him 10 years ago instead of five. And, uh, but I, I just, I've enjoyed the, the message last week, uh, challenged my heart, even as, a, even as a man of God who's been serving the Lord for over 40 years, uh, it, as I listened to it, it just, it challenged my heart to, to not compromise, Man. right? And to, and to keep my commitment to the Lord, uh, what it needs to be. And, and so I, this morning, wanted to take and turn your attention to Judges chapter 16. And I'm going to read a couple of verses out of Judges chapter 16. If you have your Bibles and you'd like to turn there, uh, you can turn there with me. If not, uh, we'll have the, the scriptures on the screens for you. But Judges chapter 16, uh, verses 20 and 21. Then we're going to jump down to verse 28 and read 28, 29, and 30. The Bible says, and she said, some say, and she said. Who's she? Delilah. Remember last week we talked about Delilah, um, who 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 you know was the master barber, and uh, and 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 stripped Samson of his really of his of, of the symbol of his commitment. He had already he had already given up his his covenant with God, and that was just an outward sign of what had already happened in his heart. And so the Bible says she said, "Samson, the Philistines be upon thee." And he awoke out of his sleep and said, I will go out as at other times before and shake myself. And he wist not, that's King James, for he did not know that the Lord was departed from him. But the Philistines took him and put out his eyes and brought him down to Gaza and bound him with fetters of brass and he did grind in the prison house. I just love the King James. I know some of you are going, fetters? What are fetters? And, uh, and, 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 and he went out as at other times, and he wist not. 
I love it. Amen. I'm just old school. And so I, I love, you know, I love the message. I love the passion translation. I love the, the new translations. But for me, give me the old King James. Amen. And uh, so I preach in the King James. And so if you, if you have to keep up, just keep up. If you need an interpretation, ask the person under 40 next to you. <laughs> and Samson called unto the Lord and said, oh, Lord, God, remember me, I pray thee. And strengthen me, I pray thee, only this once. Did I, did, I, did I read about where they brought him to Gaza, bound him with fetters, and he did grind in the prison house? He said, oh God, that I may be avenged of the Philistines for my two eyes. Can I, can I just interject something here? The devil wants you blind. The devil wants you broken. The devil wants you bound. And the devil wants to put you in his prison house. If you don't understand that, then you need, to, you need to tune in this morning. Because the devil has you in his crosshairs, whether you believe it or not. Amen. Whether you understand it, whether you're aware of it, the devil wants nothing more than to take you out. Because if he can take you out, he can take your children out. And if he can take your children out, and he can take you out, he can take your inheritance away from you, and he can... He, he can Take away the damage that God wants you to do to the kingdom of darkness. It's not just about you, but it's about your children and your children's children and their children after them. I don't care if you're not even married. The devil wants to take you out so that you don't get married and you don't have godly offspring. And they don't do damage to the kingdom of darkness. Amen? So, so that's just an interjection. That's not my message, but that will preach. And so Samson took hold of the two, and so he said, I pray thee, strengthen me only this once so that I might be avenged of the Philistines for my two eyes. And Samson took hold of the two middle pillars upon which the house stood. So obviously he's been in prison. He has his eyes gouged out. He's broken. He's beaten. He's been bound. And now we find the hero of our story, grinding at the grindstone, what does that mean? I, I, we're not exactly sure, but back in those days, they would tie an animal to a grinding stone, and they would, they would have this animal go around in circles, and they would put grain inside this container, this, 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 this holding place, and this huge stone would roll over the grain, and as the, as the stone rolled over the grain, it, it ground the grain into flour. And so we, we think that this is probably the grinding stone that they're talking about. So the man of God, this man who was chosen by God, this man who was so much like Jesus, so much like Jesus in the sense that an angel came and declared to his mother that he was going to be born. So much like Jesus in the sense that his mama should have never had him. His mama shouldn't, was not able to have children. Just like, just like Mary shouldn't have had Jesus, his mama shouldn't have had him. And you look at the anointing that was upon this man. There was, there was anointing upon this man like there's never been anointing upon any other man before. He did things like no other man did. He carried off the gates of cities. He slew a thousand people with a jawbone of a donkey. He had an anointing like none other. Jesus had an anointing like none other. 
He went about healing the sick and doing good and casting out devils and walking on water. Nobody did the things that Jesus did. Nobody did the things that Samson did. And so there was this, this, this strange correlation between, between Samson and Jesus. His birth was announced by an angel. He was born to a, to, a, to, a, to a mother that shouldn't have had children. He was anointed by God. He was called the deliverer of Israel from their enemies like Jesus was called the savior of the world. He was a Nazarite. Jesus was a Nazarene. And so there are these interesting correlations And here was a man that should have been the deliverer of of, of Israel out of Egypt. And here's here's the tragic part of this. What he should have conquered wound up conquering him. He who should have been the victor wound up being the victim. What he should have conquered wound up conquering him. What he should have mastered wound up mastering him. There's some of you in this place, God has an anointing upon your life. God has so much for you. He has so much more for you than what you are experiencing. And yet, because of compromise and complacency, you have fallen into a place of comfort. And what God is doing is God wants to catch you in a place of comfort because the next place from comfort is catastrophe. And God wants to keep you from the catastrophe. He wants to keep you from getting your eyes gouged out. From winding up in a prison house. But there are, two, there are some of you that are one step away from the prison house. You're one bad decision away from the prison house. Just like Pastor said last, last week, you, you think nobody knows, but God knows. Not only does God know, the devil knows. And the devil's been playing you for a fool. The devil's been luring you in. The Bible says every man is enticed of his own lusts. What does that mean? It means the devil's been throwing you a lure. Come on, you fishermen. If I see a a fish down in that water, I'm going to throw the lure right in front of his face. If he doesn't bite the first time, I'm going to throw it again. If he doesn't bite the second time, I'm going to throw it again. I'm throwing it again and again and again and again until that fish finally either gets tired of me or gets tired of that lure and decides even just to get it away from my face, I'm going to. And that's what the devil's doing to some of you. And this morning as we take a look at the scripture, we see that in verse 30, the Bible says, Samson said, let me die with the Philistines. So he was grinding in this prison house. They decided one day in the midst of this drunken revelry that they're going to bring Samson out of the, of the grind from, from the grinding stone and they're going to present him to the crowd, at least in my mind. He finds, or they find somebody to bring up the man of God. And so, and so he's, he's taken, he's led into the court where the pillars that, that hold the house up are. And he asks somebody, he said, where are we? Because he doesn't even know where he, where he is. You're in the court and there are people all around. And they're about ready to make sport of you. 
They're about ready to antagonize you. They're about ready to make fun of you. He said, is there, is there any, any support to, to, to this house? Yeah, there's, there, there are two pillars, and, and the house is held up by these two pillars. Take me there. And so they led him to the pillars. He was standing between these pillars in my mind. It doesn't give the details, but in my mind, he's standing between these pillars that hold up the roof. And as they're making fun of the man of God who's had his eyes gouged out, he's shackled, he's, 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 he's bound in chains, he's broken, he's been forsaken. They've made fun of him. They've told stories about him. How, oh, how the mighty have fallen. And the Bible says that he prays. And he says, God, remember me just this once and give me strength so that I might die. And the Bible says he bowed himself down. And he put his hands in my mind on the pillars. So he bowed himself down and with everything he had, he began to push. Now, now I'm getting a little ahead of myself, but the Bible says that during this time while he was grinding for the enemy in the prison house of the enemy, his hair began to grow. Now, simply because his hair began to grow does not mean that God has to do anything about it. His hair began to grow. Big deal. But his hair was a, commit, was a, was a symbol of his commitment because he was a Nazarite. He should have never had his hair cut in the first place. As Pastor John said so eloquently last week, he should have never taken the honey out of the carcass of the lion. He should have never thrown a party for himself and got drunk with his buddies. He should have never done any of that stuff because he wasn't supposed to touch any dead thing as a Nazarite. He wasn't supposed to drink strong drink as a Nazarite. And we see him now bound. And as he's bound in the prison house, He calls upon the Lord, strengthen me this one time. See, there are some of you that God is using today as a wake-up call. Because here's the thing. His setback ultimately became a comeback. And although he made many mistakes, in the end, he made meaning out of his mistakes. And the Bible says as he he stood there between these pillars, bowed before God, asking God, Lord, just one more time, may I sense the anointing. The fact that his hair grew, like I said, didn't mean that God had to honor the commitment because he had dishonored the commitment years ago. But his hair began to grow. And I don't know if one day he did this. And he said, my hair's growing back. And I don't know if one day he was 
walking around in circles, going nowhere. Come on, somebody. Bound and broken. If he reached up and said, my hair's starting to grow back. And if he, if he, if he took that, that grinding wheel and lifted up. too much. <laughs> but God had no obligation to honor the commitment because he had broken it a thousand times already. But as he stood between the two pillars, as his hair began to grow, the anointing came back upon him. And all of a sudden, those pillars began to crumble. All of a sudden, the house began to shake. As he began to push, and as he pushed, and the, and the pillars crumbled, and the, and the, and the ceiling the, uh, began, to, began to fall in on the people, I could hear the screams as the anointing of God came back upon the man of God just one more time, telling us that it's never too late, that your compromise might lead to, 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 to your comfort. Uh, it, it, might, it might dampen your commitment. It might lead to a catastrophe, but you don't have to stay in the catastrophe. God wants you to move from your catastrophe to a place of comeback where you rebound and you come up from where you used to be. God wants to cause you to rebound today. That's the message. That's the message. You can always rebound. No matter where you find yourself, you can always rebound. Turn your neighbor and tell them, you can always rebound. Turn your other neighbor and tell them, it's time to get the rebound. It's time to get the rebound. Come on, you basketball players. You win games by getting rebounds. You can, you can miss 100 shots, but if you get the rebound, it can clank off the rim, but you get the rebound, you get another shot. Come on, follow through. <laughs> Nothing but net. That wasn't me. I was clank, 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 but I knew how to hustle. Come on. I said, I put my body on somebody's body. I, I move them out the way, man. I'm just going to get that ball. I'll, I'll get on the floor, slide across the floor if I can get the ball. Come on, somebody. You got to get the rebound. You got to have some heart to get the rebound. Somebody say, get the rebound. Turn it every time. Get the rebound. You got to get the rebound. You got to get the rebound. See, see, wouldn't we find we're, that we're not where we want to be? Wouldn't we find we're in a prison house, grinding out somebody else's grain, working for somebody going around in circles, sweating by the sweat of our brow, going nowhere fast? Have you ever been there? You ever, you ever found yourself in a place where you never thought you'd be? In a place you didn't want to be? <laughs> Too many times to tell you. 
I was thinking, God, what, what are some of the times I find myself in places that I really didn't want to be? Mine go, went back to where we first got on the road. Traveling in a little van, three kids, all five and under. I didn't know where I was going. We did not have Siri. <laughs> I couldn't say, Siri, take me to Kansas City. I had to get out something called a MAP. <laughs> I know y'all don't know what that is. You think it's MapQuest. No, no, no. Before MapQuest, we had maps. We had a thing called an atlas. Come on. Things about that thick. Trying to find Montana. Five minutes later, still trying to find Montana. Oh, I'm over in North Dakota. I need to go back. Right? Come on. That's bad. It's bad back in those days. You don't know how easy you got it. But we're going from one place to another. I won't say what city we went through, but we're going through a big city. It was, it was like, it was about 10 o'clock at night, 11 o'clock at night, something like that. And, uh, and I needed gas. So I pulled off to get gas. And as I pulled into this neighborhood, I pulled in this neighborhood and I pulled into the gas station. I got out of the gas station, didn't have one of those credit card deals. And so I went to, I went to the, to, to the, to the door. I looked inside. The attendant was inside. I knocked on the door. She looked over. She pointed over here. I came over here. The attendant spoke to me through one of those little speaker deals. Can I help you? Yes, I'd like some gas. Well, do you, do you, do you have cash? Yes, I have cash. She took and pushed the drawer out. I said, I don't need cash. It's not a bank, right? I mean... But she had one of those like teller, teller drawers and she pushed it out. She said, put your money in here. I put my money in here. She took it. She said, now you can, you can purchase your gas. 10 o'clock at night. Then I started looking around <laughs> and I realized, oh, I see why the door is locked. I see why they, they don't want to give access to, any, to, to, to their till. To any. See, it's, it's, I, I began to pray and I said, God, if you get me out of here, I'll never come back. I'm not kidding you. I, it wasn't long ago. My wife, my wife called me up, and uh, and we got this dog, right? German Shepherd. You've all seen it. <laughs> if you're on social media, he gets more attention than I do. <laughs> he gets more likes, way more likes than I do. Uh, come on, everybody! Everybody knows George Weasel. George Weasel's famous from Alaska to Florida, from Quebec to California. Hey, Doby, how's John? How's Jacob? How's Jordan? How's your new boy, George? <laughs> we got George. Got blessed by George. <laughs> she got blessed. I, <laughs> I got traded. <laughs> yeah, she got blessed. I got traded. And, uh, and so, and so we, 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 we got George and we decided, you know what, we, German Shepherd, he's going to be a big dog. We want him to be trained. And so we, uh, we, we got a hold of the Nebraska training uh, dog trainers. And so we decided we're going to take him in. We're going to get him trained. How many of you understand? It's not the dog getting trained. It's you. <laughs> and so we decided if we're going to get him trained. We're both going to go to the training because we, we want to be on the same page, right? And so I show, show up at the place, and I'm, I'm at the place, and, and, and it's time for the training. And I call her up. I said, where are you? And she says, stupid Siri. 
Siri ever take you somewhere you didn't want to go? Yeah. Come on, you ever, you ever, you ever put some, and, and Siri takes you to the south side and you're supposed to be on the north side? And she's on the other side of town. And so finally she gets to us. I'm, you know, can I tell a story on your pastor? Yes. His wife says, yes! I'm just going to tell a quick story. Uh, because, you know, he's got all these stories about us, right? Dad fed Jay's gummy worms. What's up with that? That's a nutritious meal. Come on, Grandpa. I don't care if he throws them up or not. That's your problem. I fed him. I just supposed to feed him. Right? Come on, somebody. Long time ago, man, your, your pastor was about, I don't know, maybe 10 or 11 years old. Uh, 10, and, and Jacob, his, his brother's a couple years younger than that, so he's like eight or nine. And uh, so, so I'm home, and, 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 and I, I did a lot of traveling back then. I'm home, and Jamie, uh, they had just, I, I think we had just got them an Xbox. And uh, I think it was an Xbox. Was it Nintendo? Oh, it was way back then, Nintendo. Whoa, Mario, baby. Nintendo, I'm sorry. And so, and so got them a n- Nintendo. Well, you, you know how kids can get, right? They get mesmerized by those games. And so, so, so she, she goes into the room one morning. They're already playing Nintendo. And she says, okay, guys, need to put the Nintendo away, pause the game, get up, get dressed, brush your teeth, clean your room, come and do your chores, and then you could do Nintendo the rest of the, or whatever it is, you know. So, 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 you know, she thinks, okay, everything's taken care of. They heard mom. She comes back 10 minutes later. They're still sitting there. She says, guys, wake up. It's time, to, it's time to put that thing away. Get dressed. Brush your teeth. Come on, let's, let, 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 let's get with it. And, and, and she leaves, comes back 10 minutes later. They're still there. That point, she doesn't say anything to them. She comes to me. And she says, Doby, your children... And how many, how many of you understand, mama ain't happy? Daddy ain't happy. And so, and so, and so I went to zero, from zero to 60 in 0.03 seconds. I went into the room. I went, I unplugged it. I said, get dressed, get your shoes on. We're going somewhere. Remember the story? Remember this, huh? Yeah. He remembers now. He knows what I'm, t- I'm telling. Yeah. You just keep your eyes on him. <laughs> we're going for a ride. I get him out in the car. If you're from Albuquerque, you understand where Coors Road is. It's on the west side of town. We hit Coors because Coors goes to South Coors. If you know where South Coors is, South Coors is the barrio. Huh? Come on. So I drive them down to South Coors in the middle of the radio. And I, I, I'm looking around, and they're back there, and, and, and they don't know what's going on because I haven't said anything. And I'm looking around, and I see some vatos over on the corner, and they've got, they got their, their big jeans and, and whatnot. And, and, and so they're standing there in their FUBU jeans, I think it was. And, you know, they're, they're, and, and so I, I, I pulled up to them, and I rolled down the window. I said, hey. Hey, man. 
And they came over and I said, hey, do you guys have, do you guys have jobs? What's that, man? Do you guys have jobs? Do you, are, are you working? Do you have jobs? Ah, oh, no, man. Don't have any jobs. Put it in park. Got out. Open up the back door. You two, get out. <laughs> they got out. Shut the door. I said, these guys don't have any jobs. And, 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 and these guys are standing there and they're kind of looking at me like, who's this crazy guy? <laughs> and I, and, and, and I, and I said, I, I said, I said, look at these guys. These guys don't have any job. Here, this is John. This is Jacob. They don't like to work either. And I said, I said, the way you two are going, I think in about 10 years you're going to be here. So let's just cut all the stuff and get you here now because you're going to be here anyway. Here's your new dad right here. Do you want some kids? You want some kids? Not kidding you. I did that. God forgive me, son. <laughs> but their teeth are clattering and their I, I think their knees are knocked. I think one of them peed their pants. I'm not sure. I won't tell you who it was. Hey, 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 hey. Jacob. Keep that thing that off, was Jacob. Man. That Keep wasn't that me. thing off, bro. Oh, it wasn't him. It wasn't him. So they found themselves in a place they didn't want to be. My wife found herself in a place she didn't want to be. I found myself in a place I didn't want to be. Why? Because I took a right turn when I should have kept going on the road. I, 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 she listened to some, to, to, to some machine. She listened to some voice that got her somewhere where she didn't want to be. Uh, they, 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 were, they, were, they, they were goofing off. They were, they were not listening. They weren't listening to instructions. And, and so they found themselves where they didn't want to be. And some of you have not listened to instructions. Some of you have not listened to the word. Some of you took a left when you should have taken a right. Some of you have listened to voices that got you places and you find yourself in a situation, in your marriage, in your finances, in your spiritual walk. And you say, God, how in the world did I get here? Well, if you find yourself there, do something about it. Get up and go where you're supposed to be. You're not supposed to live there. That's just an experience. God wants to take you somewhere else. God's plans for you are good plans, not evil plans. Plans to give you hope. Plans to give you a future. Plans to give you an expected end. You're not just a, a, a boat out here on the ocean. No, blessed is a man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. His delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law does he meditate day and night. He shall be like a tree planted. I got a, I, I, I've got a planted tree in my front yard. Ain't no dog peeing on that tree. Ain't no deer Stripping that tree. Nobody's bothering that tree. Because that woman loves that tree. George, the tree in me. (laughs) 
She loves that tree. It's a tree planted. We water it. We take care of it. We nurture it. We watch over it. Listen, you're not some tree that's been scattered, some seed that, that came up that was scattered to the wind. No, God saw you. God planted you. God, God, God purposed your life. And God says, this is a tree that's been planted. That's my tree. Yeah. Whew. Man, I don't know where that came from, but that's good. So, so we find ourselves in a place where we don't want to be. See, that's where Samson was. He found himself in a place where he didn't want to be. So what does God say about this? Well, the Bible says, again, his hair began to grow, which means that God was more faithful to the covenant than Samson was. Samson wasn't faithful to the covenant. But God was. God says, even though you're not faithful, I still remain faithful. No wonder Jeremiah, in the midst of all of the stuff that Israel was going through, in the midst of, of being taken captive as a nation and being dragged off into Babylon, he, he, he said to them, he said, it's of the Lord's mercies that we're not consumed. Because his compassions, they fail not. They're new every morning. And then with a resounding amen, he says, great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. God, we've been unfaithful. We've gone a whoring after other gods and other idols, and we prostituted ourselves to the world. But God, if it wasn't for your mercy, we would have been consumed. We would have been swallowed up. But God, I thank you for your mercy is from everlasting to everlasting unto those that call upon you from a pure heart. And I'm here to tell you, you may be sitting in a catastrophe, but God says his his plans for you are good plans. That's what he said. His mercies, they fail not. They are new every morning. The plans I have for you, God says, are good, not evil. And so what does he do? Here's, here's, here's what he does. He prays. If you find yourself where, you, where, where you're not supposed to be, pray. Can I settle down? Can I back up just a little bit? I need to put it in park. I'm wearing myself out. But he prays, he prays, he prays. Here's the thing, pastor. I read the book. He didn't pray up until this time. He was anointed. He was chosen by God. He was handpicked. He was like Jesus, other than the fact that he never prayed. If he would have prayed, if he would have prayed when he saw the dead carcass and the honey inside, Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed thereto according to thy word. With my whole heart have I sought thee. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I may not sin against you. If he would have, if he would have known the word, he would have called upon the Lord. And if he would have called upon the Lord, God would have given him. For in that he himself has suffered being tempted, he is able also to secure, to help, to encourage, to strengthen those that are tempted. I was in Brazil several years ago. Plain lands in Brazil. This isn't in my notes, but plain lands in Brazil. 
as I'm, as I'm, as I'm, as I'm, as I'm landing in Brazil, the thing that comes to my mind, the most beautiful women are in Brazil. Brazil has the most beautiful women in the world. Where'd that come from? Didn't come from me. Didn't come from the Holy Ghost. Came from the unholy ghost. We're doing, we're, we're, we're preaching all over the place. We're doing ministry. I have a day in which I'm at the hotel by myself. I decide I'm going to take a walk. I'm taking a walk. And as I'm taking a walk, I'm going through this little mercado, this, 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 this the, the, the center of town. And, 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 and they're on the corner and, and some guy has, has playboy, has, 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 uh, has pornography. Most beautiful women in the world are in Brazil. The most beautiful women in the world are in Brazil. I walk past it. Go ahead and buy it. You've got money in your pocket. Nobody's going to know. Your team wouldn't know. Your wife wouldn't know. Nobody wouldn't know. The most beautiful women in the world are in Brazil. You got the day off. You can repent later. And I said, God, for in that he himself has suffered being tempted, you are able to secure them that are tempted. And I begin to quote that scripture. For in that he himself has suffered being tempted. God, I thank you that you have suffered being tempted, that you were tempted in all points like we are and yet without sin. And I took authority and I said, devil, get behind me in the name of Jesus. There are beautiful women in Brazil, but there are beautiful women all over the world because all of God's women are beautiful. Hallelujah. And God, I just look to you and I pray that you would strengthen me like you strengthened Jesus. And God's spirit came upon me and thank God I was able to walk past all of that garbage that day. I was able to stay holy. Why? Because, because of the commitment that there was a prayer that went up. And he should have prayed when he walked past the, the, the honey. He should have prayed when he thought about going to the club. He should have prayed when he looked at Delilah. But he didn't pray. If you pray, you won't probably won't go to the club. Come on, somebody. Why did I say probably? I said, I said there'd be a lot less people going to clubs if there were a lot more people praying. I think there'd be a, be a lot less fornication, a lot less adultery if people were doing a lot more praying. Come on, man. I'm just talking about the word here. I'm talking about this man going into Delilah. I'm talking about this man getting drunk. I'm talking about this man taking stuff that wasn't his. I'm here to say, if you just learn how to pray over here, you won't be bound over here. There is so much, there is so much stuff to plow here this morning. And so, so what he said, he said, I pray, I pray, I pray, God. And what did he say? He said, I pray, Lord, strengthen me, remember me, and here's his prayer. God, let me die. Here's my prayer for you, that you die. Because you're going to die anyway. You know, you, you, do you realize there are only dead people in this place? There are only dead people in this place. Either you're dead to sin or you're dead to righteousness. 
He that seeks to save his life shall lose it, but he that loses his life for my sake shall find it. I read that scripture, and here's what I see. I see either you're lost or you're lost. He that seeks to save his life shall what? You're going you're, you're to be lost in the world. But he that loses his life shall either you're lost or you're lost. Either you're bound by sin or you're bound to God. Either you're dead to self or you're dead to the spirit. See, the problem with him is he had been dead to his commitment for so long. He had been dead to his consecration. He had been dead to his vow. He had been dead to his God. And now he's waking up and he's saying, God, I died to the wrong things. Lord, help me to die to the right things. See, some of you have died to the wooing of the Spirit. The Spirit speaks to you. Get out of here. Wait, 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 wait. Just five more minutes. The Spirit speaks to you. Run! Wait, wait, wait. Let me text her one more time. The Spirit's speaking to you, but you're killing the Spirit. You're dying to the Spirit. God, I'm dying to you. I'm dying to your voice. I'm dying to your word. I'm dying to obedience. I'm dying. And God says you're dying to the wrong things. Because ultimately, you die to that stuff, and you'll be destroyed by this stuff. And you're going to find yourself with your eyes gouged out, grinding at the mill, bound, broken, beaten, and battered. But the good news is you can do a comeback. Hallelujah. I love comebacks. I love Rocky. I love, I love watching Rocky get up just one more time. Yeah, right. I, I love watching Apollo Creed just shake his head over in the corner. I love it when Shrek gets the girl. I love it. I mean, that, that, right, right. We, we, we love, I love it that Darth Vader gets saved in the end. Come on. I mean, I hated Darth Vader, but in the end, he got back together with Luke, man, right? And he became good, and he became a good guy, came back to the, came back to the, I love it. I love it that Dorothy gets home. <laughs> Why? Why? We, 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 we want to believe that no matter how far we go, no matter how hard we, you, you know what a rebound is? Here's what a rebound is. The definition of a rebound is hitting something hard and coming back. That's a rebound. That's the See, and some of you, man, you're hitting it hard. You're hitting the brick wall. You're hitting a hard place. But the thing is, you don't have to stay in the hard place. You don't have to stay up against the brick wall. You can turn around and you can get back. Come on, go for the rebound, man. Don't stay where you're at. Get up and rebound, baby. And so today, we see, we, we, we see what, God, what God says about, about rebounding. He, he prays. He prays, he says, God, let me die. And then he, the Bible says he bows himself to the ground. As he bowed himself to the ground, he prayed. And the Bible says he took the pillars into his hands and he pushed. I'm assuming he pushed. No, I didn't say, but he took the pillars into his hands. What does that say? Here's what it says. You need to start taking responsibility for where you are. 
That's my wife's fault. It's my children's fault. It's my mama's fault. It's everybody else's fault but mine. The Bible says he took the pillars. He took responsibility where he was. Time to start taking some responsibility. Saying, I haven't prayed like I ought to. I haven't. I haven't, I should have prayed back there, but I didn't. I should have prayed over here, but I didn't. I should have, I should have called upon God over here, but I didn't. So, so, so what will you do? Will you bow? Will you bow with all your might? Or are you, are you just comfortable with coming? Listen to me, young person. Are you just comfortable coming to the house of God, letting the man of God preach, singing a couple of nice songs, and then going back to your house and living your life? Why do you think the man of God prays and fasts and studies to come and preach. He, he, it, it, he's giving you God's word. And still we, we go headlong. God, I don't want to hear it. God, don't bother with me, with me with that right now. And yet, here's this man. And, and the ultimate, see, there are only two kinds of characters in the Bible. There are examples to follow and warnings to avoid. And this is a warning to avoid. And God is shouting at you this morning. Don't go from complacency and compromise to comfort only to wind up as a catastrophe. But move. If you find yourself here, move on to the place where your setback becomes a comeback. Greatest comeback, I think, in the Bible is Peter. Jesus, I'm not going to, I'll never deny you. A couple seconds later, what's he doing? I don't know the guy. Denies him. But what's the Bible say? He goes out. He repents. He repents. Jesus restores him. This thought came to me. Peter, Judas. Same team. Same team, same coach, both fell. One rebounded, the other one didn't. Here's what I thought. I thought Judas could have been the greatest example in all of the Bible. He could have been the guy to say, yeah, man, I did it. Go ahead, I see you. I know this is the Oscars. They're shutting me down. (laughs) Guy could have been the greatest example in the whole Bible. Can you imagine Judas' testimony? I did it. The devil came into me, and he's the only one in the whole Bible. Said the devil made me do it. He'd been right. Devil came into me that night, man. When he said, when he handed me the sop and he said, go do what you're going to do and do it quickly. Something came over me. I can't explain it. I went to the priest and I sold him out. And I watched him. I watched him as they, as they whipped him. I watched him as 
He carried the cross up the Via Della Rosa. I watched him as he hung between heaven and earth. I, 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 I'd seen the sky grow dark as the sun refused to shine. I heard the centurion say, surely this was the Son of God. I saw it all, and I did it. And I deserve hell. I felt like killing myself. I felt like I had a rope. I had a rope. I went to the tree. But then his words came back to me. Talking about God's forgiveness. Talking about asking you shall receive, seeking you shall find. Knocking the door shall be opened. So I didn't even want to dare to call upon his name. But I knew who he was. I knew that he was the son of God. I, I watched him. I watched him calm that sea that day. And when he calmed the sea, after walking on the water and getting in our boat, and John said, surely this is the son of God. I said, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he is. Yeah, he is. No, he's the son of God. And God, I know who you are. And you, you said, ask and I would receive. Seek and I would find. Knock and the door would be open. I'm knocking, Lord, forgive me. And Judas, he could have had the greatest testimony in the world. Why? Because it's like Pastor said last week. To the Laodicean church. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If you'd open up the door, I'll come in. And here's the cool part. I'll eat with you. What is he saying? My covenant is in my hands. I got the bread. I am the bread. I've got the blood. I shed the blood. I'm going to come in. I want to eat with you. I want to have a meal with you. What was he saying to the Laodicean church? You've gone. You've fallen from where you from where you used to be, but I haven't given up on you. I see your hair beginning to grow, and I am not obligated to do anything about it, but I am obligated in my heart. And I won't be faithful to the covenant because of you. I'll be faithful to the covenant because of who I am. Because, because that's who I am. And so maybe we're Laodicea, maybe we're, maybe we're Peter, maybe we're, maybe we're Judas. Dude, don't go out and hang yourself. Don't give up on yourself. Because God's not giving up on you. You hit a hard place. You're not where you want to be. But God says, get up. Get up. Don't stay where you are. Get up. And get back to where you know you need to be. Amen. Amen. Bow your heads. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your word today. Oh God, you're so good. And Lord, we all want to believe in the comeback because we all have sinned. We, we all have that, God, we all have that idiot gene. You know we do. That sinful nature, Lord, that, that, that 
causes us to gravitate to those things that we shouldn't be gravitating to. And God, today, we pray, remember us. Strengthen us. Let us die. Father, we bow today and we ask your forgiveness. Father, we're not where we want to be. We're not where we need to be. But God, I thank you that we don't have to stay where we are. As our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed, maybe, maybe you're here and you're not where you need to be and you need, you need someone to pray with you. I want to pray with you right where you're at. Maybe you're, maybe you're watching online. You're sitting there in your chair and maybe you know you're supposed to be in the house of God, but you've been sitting there and sitting there and sitting there and it's time to get out of that chair and it's time to get back. Or maybe... Maybe because you haven't had fellowship, you're finding fellowship at the club. You're finding fellowship with people you shouldn't be fellowshipping with. And you've drifted so far from where you used to be, and it's time for you to get back. Some of you have drifted into pornography. Some of you have drifted into adultery. Some of you have drifted into fornication. Some of you have drifted into a foul mouth. You, 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 you never used to cuss the way you cuss. But because your heart is cold, What's inside the heart is coming out of your mouth. You're treating your children ways that you said you'd never treat them. You found yourself in a place right now today that you thought you'd never be, and it's time for you to repent. Take your setback and turn it into a comeback. Is there anybody in this place? Lift your hand. Just put it back down. Pastor, I need a comeback. Come on, lift it up right now. Put it back down. Put it back down. God bless you. God bless you all over this place. Come on now. Be honest with God. Slip it up. Put it back down. Be honest with God. God, here I am. You're lifting up your hand. You're saying, God, here I am. 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 God bless you. Online, you need to just, right where you're sitting, on your couch, lift it up. Put it back down. God, you know. Put them both up. Amen. Let's pray. If you're here and you need to rededicate your life to Jesus, let's do it right now. Do it out loud. Do it publicly. Don't worry about who's sitting next to you, who's going to hear you. Let them hear you. Let the devil hear you. Come on, pray it with me. Pray it out loud. Jesus, I repent. I ask for your forgiveness. I ask you to change my heart. Change my life. I've grown cold. I've grown calloused. Break the, the, the callousness in my heart. Soften my heart up, oh God. Come into my heart again. Have your way in my life. I repent and I reject everything the devil has. And I ask you to come in. Change me today. I want to get back to where I used to be. God, let this setback become a comeback. Don't let me die like a fool. Don't let me die in catastrophe, but God moved me to the place of comeback, place of rebound. Help me to rebound. I'm in a hard place, but help me to rebound. I pray in Jesus' name. Now, Father God, I pray for each one that prayed that prayer. God, help us to repent. Help us to turn our back on the devil, upon the flesh, upon the world. God, help us like Samson to wake up. Our eyes might be out, but that doesn't mean we can't see spiritually. God, I pray in Jesus' name, restore our spiritual sight. And Father God, lead us. Lead us, Father God, as we pray. God, strengthen us. God, forgive us. God, remember us.
We bow today, oh God. We bow low. We bow with everything we have. And we pray, God, let us die. Let us die. Look at me. Best part of the whole story. Prayed, let me die. Pushed. The Bible says, then the house of the enemy fell. God wants you to bring down the house. There's a, there's a stronghold that the devil has built around you, but it's not so strong that it can't come down in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. God bless you. Well, stand with me this morning. I love this one service. Yeah. Well, I don't know what else to tell you other than I love you. I think you've heard from God today. Now go and do it. Don't just listen to it, but do it. If you didn't like today, Pastor John will be back next week. Hallelujah. God bless you. Have a great 4th of July. Greet somebody. Love somebody. At Dream City Omaha, we're all about helping each other do three things. Discover Christ, recover identity, and uncover purpose. Please check out our past sermon series or online discipleship classes. And don't forget to hit subscribe and the bell for notifications on all of our latest videos.